let's, uh, let's read verse number 17 of Acts 20. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know that the first day that the first day that I came unto Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Somebody ought to underline that and preach uh, how Paul's spirit and his manners were in all seasons of life. Amen. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me, befell me by the lying weight of the Jews. Our text is this, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house. Father, I thank you for the church. Thank you for the people. I pray you'd give great liberty and great grace. I pray that you'd help me, Lord. I, I've got all this uh, that I want to tell the church tonight. But, Lord, I, I don't want to be too long and I don't want to be too short. So I pray you'd lead me. Help me to know the mind of God in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated tonight. I'm interested in that phrase, verse number 20, where he said, How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. I want to preach on this simple subject tonight. Don't hold back. I'm afraid in our day we've got a lot of Baptists that are holding back when they ought to be putting it on real thick and real heavy. Brother, I'll never forget as a young man, and I, they taught me, uh, the guy that taught me how to drive an 18-wheeler. I went up to the dairy farm to a friend of mine. He said, you want a job? I said, yes. He said, hey, he said I want you to drive this old 18-wheeler. Uh, and I said, all right. And he put me in an old community cash truck, grocery store truck. It had an old Detroit diesel in it. Didn't have no power steering. It was one of them uh, uh, transmissions where you got to go through it and uh, pull a switch and go back through it. And so he put me in there. Didn't take me on a driving test or nothing. I'd never drove one. And he said, now, John, you're bigger than everybody out here on the road. And I just pull out in front of them. They'll stop. They put brakes on every model on these new cars. So they'll stop if you'll pull out in front of them. So you know what I did? I did exactly what he told me to do. But I'll never forget one day we was in the field and I got in some mud and I began to spin. And that old fella, he began to holler at me, stop. I didn't listen to him. I know it was his truck, but I had a motto back then. It's going to go or blow. I wasn't going to get stuck in that mud hole. And, brother, I was downshifting, and I, I finally got in a good gear, brother Will. And you know what I did? I put that fuel feed all the way to the floor. That old Detroit diesel was bellering smoke out. It was throwing mud up over the power lines. And sure enough, after a while, I finally came out of the mud hole. You know what I did? I didn't hold back. And, brother, that's a mentality we need to have is don't hold back. Hey, Amen. When it comes to the things of God, don't hold back when it comes to preaching. Don't hold back, neighbor, when it comes to praying. Don't hold back. Amen. Don't you be shy about serving the Lord. Let her rip go with God and don't hold back. Amen. I like the fact that this is Acts chapter number 20. 20. Amen. We ought to have some good vision in our day. The Bible said without a vision the people perish. Now let's, uh, let's expound and outline verse number 19 and 20 a little bit. Uh, first of all don't hold back with the task that God has assigned to us. He said serve in the Lord. Uh, neighbor we've got a task. If God told you to preach get with it. If he puts you to pastoring don't hold back. Don't hold back in any aspect. In evangelism 
don't hold back. A piano playing or leading a singing or teaching a Sunday school class. Whatever you do, don't you hold back. You give it everything you've got. You let it rip for God and give God all the glory and do not hold back. Hey, there's a lot of people, boy, they ain't no telling what they, they could be for God if they'd just try. I know men tonight, boy, they got a talent. Boy, they can, they can outline the scriptures. Amen. They're, they're pulpiteers, but they really don't walk with God. And as much as God's blessing them and they don't even hardly try, I often wonder what it'd be like if that fella gave it 100%, if that church gave it 100%. God is giving this church a task to support missions. Don't hold back. He's giving you a task on the street. Don't hold back. And God expects us to give it all we got. Number two tonight we'll find, he said, verse number 19, he said, serving the Lord with all humility. I like that word serving right there, don't you? Amen. Don't hold back in the title that God has given you. Amen. We go by many titles, and many titles may there be. Amen. We go by pastors, evangelists, deacon, missionary, dad, mom, brother, sister, boss, foreman, leader, whatever you want to be called. We got a lot of titles. But there's one title, amen, that people don't want to wear. And that's the title of a servant. And brother, we should never be ashamed of being a servant. Some of the greatest men in the Bible, they called themselves servants. It didn't bother Joshua to be called the servant of Moses. It didn't bother Timothy to be called a servant of Paul. It didn't bother Paul to be called a servant of God. There's nothing wrong with being a servant servant and don't hold back on that one title that we wear as the servants of Christ. Amen. Uh, the, and the reason a lot of people don't like to be called a servant, boy, you you call uh, you call these big wig preachers a servant in our day, they'll fall over graveyard dead. Uh, amen. Yeah, I'm a servant of God. That's what I am. Hard to be in hell with my back broke, living right beside the devil. But here we are serving God. Uh, that word, that, that term servant, uh, it reveals three things. Uh, first of all, it reveals ownership. Uh, brother, it does not bother me uh, to stand up here and tell you uh, that I am not my own. Uh, I've been bought with a price. And God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost own me. I am. You are the property of the Godhead. It reveals ownership. But then not only does it reveal ownership, it reveals his leadership. Brother, that means God's leading us. You cannot operate your ministry. Amen. I like good ideals. But if that's all we've got is good ideals, then that's all we're going to be as a church or a ministry or an evangelist with good ideals. I like it when God the Holy Ghost specifically tells us what to do and gives us leadership. Neighbor, hear me and hear me well. If you are a servant, God is going to lead you. It reveals ownership. It reveals leadership. But then this third one, it reveals lordship. Amen. Jesus Christ is my Lord. He is your Lord. And neighbor, there ought not be no questions about that. Amen. That word lordship just shows that he is over us. He is our master. He is our Lord. He is our leader. He is our sovereign. He is our king. Amen. And he has taken good care of me. And it does not bother God's people, 
call him Lord. Somebody help me out right there. Amen. When we first started out, it was the big names. It was the limelight. It was the platforms that got our attention. But for those of us that survived boot camp, for those of us that stayed with it, we soon found out the labor of a servant behind the scenes. And now we appreciate the servants more than we do anything. Young preacher, I don't want to be a prophet of doom here today, but I must tell you that uh, that it ain't always about the pulpit time. It ain't always about having your name up on the marquee. It ain't always about wearing the microphone. It ain't always about being booked. Uh, neighbor, I'm going to drive approximately four hours home tonight and get up and go to work tomorrow, and then I'm going to fly out for a meeting next week. Amen. And the miles and the sacrifices. Amen. You see your pastor. Oh, things are going good over there at White Graves Baptist Church. But what you don't see is the behind the scene things. Amen. Up late at night praying, studying, fasting. Dealing with a problem here. Dealing with a problem there. Amen. And you know what I've come to appreciate more. Amen. It's that crowd that washes the dishes. It's that crowd that vacuums the floor. It's that crowd that'll clean the bathrooms. It's that crowd that shows up every Sunday morning and Sunday night. It's that crowd we call the servants of the living God. That problem was in the pig pen and you know what he got to thinking about he got to thinking about the servants that was back home that his daddy was taking care of and never here every night thank God for the servants of God they got us to God they've kept us fed they've kept us clothed they've been a blessing to us amen so don't hold back in that title well, what are you? I, I heard all I heard all. I thought about Ruth. I thought about Ruth. But you know what she was? She had the lowest title that you could have. She wasn't a farmer. She was a widow. She wasn't a, she wasn't a reaper. She wasn't even a cook. All she was was a gleaner. And brother, that 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 title brought reproach upon itself. Because God had made a law in those days that uh, the, the people that were poor could come to the field and and pick up what didn't get reaped. So when the reapers come, here's what the, or when the gleaners would come, here's what the reapers would do. Oh man, here comes another gleaner. Here comes another bum. Here comes somebody that's broke. Here comes somebody that ain't got no money. We're going to have to deal with them. But that did not keep old Ruth from going in the field and gleaning with that low title. Why in the world do we spend our days looking for the big titles and the flashy titles? What's wrong with being a servant? I'm going to answer that question. There ain't a thing wrong up with being a servant of God. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God as to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather be a servant to God than I would to this world and I would to sin. Isn't it wonderful tonight? I'd be a servant of God. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching. Amen. Amen. Don't you hold back in that title. But then next verse number 18, he said, when they were coming to him, or verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Don't hold back in your tenderness. Humility is not effeminacy. No, it is not. Matter of fact, as much as God says about humility in the Word of God, you'd think we'd hear more about it in the pulpit. But we don't hear much about it anymore. God said, He resists the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Hey, neighbor, don't you hold back. 
and you're tender and they say nothing wrong with being tender. Matter of fact, we're to be tender one toward another, kind one toward another. Humility. He said, notice, he said, all humility, not partial humility. Not just humility when we pray. Not just humility when we preach. Not just humility when we witness. But humility when you talk to your wife or when you talk to your husband. There are a lot of Baptists. And, and if you want to get under my skin, you come up to me with this attitude of superiority. You come up to me with a proud, arrogant attitude. Everybody knows you're better than everybody else. We know the preachers that are better preachers than anybody else. We know that crowd that sings that they're better than everybody else. How do you know? Because they told us they was. And the competitors and they're full of pride and God is resisting and fighting against everything they do. Humility. Well, my, my mind, boy, there's a lot of liberty in here tonight, Brother Will. My mind goes to Matthew 18 when Jesus, when, they were, when the disciples were fighting about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Now, and, and, one of, and those two boys that was in that competition there, their mother even came to Jesus and said, I want my boys sitting on the throne of God with you. If that would have been my mama, I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have crawled up under the pew and wouldn't have come out. That would have embarrassed the fire out of me. Brother, I tell you right now, you know what Jesus did he grabbed a little boy out of the crowd or a little child doesn't even reveal his gender it was a boy or a girl it wasn't both say man right there and it wasn't a cat and it wasn't an elephant and it wasn't a dog it was a boy say man right there I tell you right now I ain't getting sidetracked I neighbor and boy I can imagine that the disciples would have said something like this what in the world hey what are you doing here where'd you go to Bible college at are you ordained to preach? Well, where do you go to church at? That little boy or young and six, I don't know. The only reason I'm here is because that man reached and grabbed me and put me here. What gives you the right to stand and preach? Well, 27 years ago, God the Holy Ghost put it on me to do it and he put me here. All of us around bragging about how many hours a day we pray and how many chapters of our Bible we read every day. You ought to pray every day and read your Bible bragging about how many meetings we, we preach and how many how many people's in the church and, 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 and other guys are bragging on who they had the church and the church discipline. Amen. I tell you what the humble person will do. Won't be bragging on self. Won't be promoting self. That humble person will say, you know what? Y'all talk about this all you want to. Just let me tell you about the day I met Jesus and I got saved and born again and there'll be some humility. Don't hold back in your tenderness. See, we're doing the exact opposite. We're, we're letting the pride go. I mean, we're putting it out in front of us and letting everybody see how proud we are. Lord, to be humble. Amen. But then he said, all humility in our verse tonight, verse number 19, with all humility of mind. Don't hold back in your thought life. Y'all probably thought when I announced my title, I was fixing to blow everything under the sun out. There's some prerequisites that have got to be met before we can even get to that bold standing up and blowing everything out. There's got to be some things in our heart that have got to be right. So don't hold back in your thought life. Don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think bad too low of others. 
We've got to think about God right. We've got to think about sinners right. We've got to arm ourselves with the same mind that Jesus had. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Neighbor, we've got to have the mind of God, the mind of a servant, the mind of a saved child of God. Amen. Our thinking has got to be right. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm moving on. You can think yourself happy. You can think yourself joyful. Or you can think yourself depressed. If you go to bed every night thinking about everything that bothers you, everything. Can I? I'm glad we're not live streaming tonight. I'm going to get just a little bit too transparent for some and too honest for some. The other day, I just got mad at everybody. You ever do that? My wife asked me, said, how was your day? I said, well, so-and-so, he's a dipstick. He, he just got a bad attitude. He, he, he's raunchy today, I'm telling you. And then, she, then my wife just looked at me and she said, well, How's so-and-so? I said, well, he's, he's, he's got issues too. And then she just looked at me real funny. Well, how about this other? Well, he's got issues too. They ain't none of that crowd right. They're all crazy. I mean, every one of them, they got issues. And my sweet wife, she didn't raise her voice. She didn't get upset. She just looked at me with that sweet little grin she gets on her face when she goes to preaching to me. And I hate it! God ain't never called a one of you women to preach! She said, well, honey, you know, with all them people got all them rotten attitudes, you sure it was them and it wasn't you? <laughs> well, it may have been, but you ain't going to be the one to put your finger in my face and tell me. Now, get on there in the kitchen and fix me something to eat, amen. By the way, you got a bad attitude too, amen. So, oh, can I just be honest with you? It was me there, Brother Brown. It was me, the one with a rotten attitude, the one with a raunchy attitude. Hey, man, see, you get a bad attitude, you'll think everybody else ain't right but God. You'll think everybody else has problems. And the whole time, you're the one got the problems. We're the one gene up with it. Neighbor, don't hold back in your thought life. Think about yourself right. Think about God right. And think about others right. Am I making any kind of sense at all? Don't hold back. Think, get your, get your mind cleaned up. They don't make cars like this anymore. My brother, I think it was a Mercury. It may have been an LTD. I can't remember. It was a big old two-door boat. That thing had to have been 40 foot long. I mean, you'd get going down, had a big old 429 motor in it, something like that, big block. And my brother had acquired that, and I loved to drive it. I did. I loved to drive it. Uh, but but every once in a while that thing would load up and uh, what you'd have to do is you'd just have to mash the gas all the way to the floor burn about four gallons in two seconds uh, and boy it, I mean it warmed it a backfire and it'd clean the carburetor out clean the pipes out and then she'd just smooth right on up anybody remember them old cars like that brother amen and uh, neighbor every once in a while you got to do that to your brain and get the junk out of your mind get the lust out of your mind get the bad thoughts out of your mind get the depressed thoughts out of your mind get the bitter thoughts out of your mind if that's all you do is sit around and think about everybody that ever made you mad then you ain't going to have an ounce of joy amen I could boy well did I just hit the nail on the head or something some of y'all look like you swallowed your chin back before you come in here neighbor don't hold back your thought life we got to move on he said, he said, verse 19, serve the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears. Don't hold back in your tears. Don't do it. Tears speak a language that God and spirit-filled folk uh, can understand. 
Sometimes it's better felt than tell. I've been, I've been preaching out of John 11 here, Brother Will, lately. And when Mary and Martha, both of them, looked at Jesus, and after Lazarus had been dead for four days, you know what they said to Jesus? They said, Lord, if thou hast been here, our brother had not died. You know, that's, that's an accusation. If you'd have just been here. And I guess, I guess, I guess to them what the salt may have been in the wound, wound was, and I, I asked an expert, a man that had been there, from where Jesus was to where Lazarus was when he died, probably wasn't just a little over two miles. You mean you're that close to us and you didn't come? And they said, Lord, if thou hast been here. Now watch this. When Mary said that to Jesus, when she said that 10 or 11 word prayer, he didn't respond to what she said. The Bible said when he saw her weeping, when he saw her broken heart, when he saw her tears, he said, I'm going to have to do something about this. Sometimes you, and this is a lesson learned the hard way, sometimes people are going to lash out at us. You've got to learn to discern when to take it personal and when not to. Amen. And aren't you glad Jesus didn't take that personal? Amen. He saw her tears, went and woke her brother up, <laughs> resurrected him from the dead, a broken and a contrite spirit thou wilt not despise. Amen. Amen. Hey, don't hold back in your tears. No, we don't want the waterworks. I'm not like Tammy Faye Baker. I just can't make them come and go when I want to. I don't like these preachers that get choked up. <laughs> and you look at them, and there ain't no tear of one coming out. Amen. Amen. I watch, I, and, I, and I know who I'm thinking about, so don't come ask me after the service. I know one woman in particular. She'll sit through a service and boo-hoo. Oh, and she'll cry. And I never one time seen her makeup messed up. And she got enough on, boy, if you used to run into her, you'd get the painter's colic. Yeah. Look like Bozo the Clown. Somebody say amen right there. <laughs> or homie the Clown one, amen. <laughs> yes, hallelujah. Don't hold back in your tears. Oh, John Wayne said real men don't cry. I hate to disagree with you, John Wayne. But real men will shed a tear once in a while. Old brother Wayne Henderson said, boys, every once in a while it's going to get hard. Every once in a while it's going to get hot. He said, but that's why when you got your hands on the plow handles and you're plowing for God, every once in a while there's going to be some tears on the plow handle and it's going to be your tears. But God's a bottling them up. Paying attention to what you're doing. I really am enjoying myself preaching tonight, Pastor Will. Don't hold back with your tears. Don't hold back in the temptations, the trials, the testings. Not necessarily the temptation to sin, though that is in the definition of this word, the temptations uh, which befell them. By the way, don't hold back in them. What I'm simply trying to convey to you, and this is easy preaching and hard living. Is when the storm come, the battle come, the trials, the temptation, the testings come. Just get on your knees somewhere and say, Lord, give me some discernment, please. If this is a test from you, would you help me to have the grace to pass it? Because I don't want to take it again. <laughs>
Amen. And they some test to my shame I've had to take more than once. And every time I take it because of my own foolish, foolish, foolish ways sometimes, I get a big old F on it and the X failed. And I know it's coming back around and I'm going to have to take it again. God, give us wisdom to quit that mess. Don't hold back in your testings, your temptations. But then, nextly, don't hold back when the enemy tries to trap you. He said, he said uh, which befell me, the temptations by the lying and weight of the Jews. See, the enemy wants to trap you. They, they, this is really a series. I'd love to just sit down somewhere and preach it every night for about a week or two. But, brother, the traps are going, the, the enemy is going to trap us. I, I'm serious as a heart attack. All the illustrations I could give you right here, all the, every bit of it. This is where they're going to try to trap us at the most, with our words. They're going to take our words and exploit us with our own words. I got a, I got a, uh, I got a video that was taken to me while I was preaching one night. I was letting it rip, buddy. I told them boys they need to get a haircut. I said, you carrying a King James Bible and got an NIV haircut. I said, praise God, you look like you filled a toilet full of jail, stuck your head down in the toilet, hit the flush button, and that's what come up, and that's how you fixed your hair. You look like a, a, a heathen, amen, wearing them sodomite haircuts and them effeminate haircuts. You ought to get your haircut. They took about 30 seconds of that video. How many of y'all agree with a man ought to have his haircut? They took 30 seconds of that video and put it on TikTok. Last I heard, it was almost up to 3 million views. I know it's well over 2 million now. That pastor I was preaching for, he got upset about all that, and he took the next night's message where I was preaching Jesus loves you. Christ died for you. Oh, he wants to save you. A little bit about what I preached on maybe this morning, reaching out to sinners. He put, the, he put 30 seconds, seconds of me telling people Jesus loves them. And I think after almost two years, it ain't up to about maybe 136 views. And they're going to try to trap us. And they're going to try to exploit us. Does that mean I quit preaching against haircuts? No. I just preached against them. I thought that was really good preaching, a good way of expanding on you, letting you know what you look like with that funny hairdo. And, and the beatingest thing I've ever seen, the mullets are coming back in style. <laughs> yeah, business in the front, party in the back. Yeah. Get a haircut! Amen. Don't hold back at the barber shop. Tell him to give you a good one. I like walking in the bar. I mean, them things is up to $20 a haircut where I come from. Hey, is Brother AJ still living up there? No, I don't know. Anybody ever go up there and get their haircut? He's, he's 80, I think, the last time I seen him, six or seven years ago. I go in there, I go in there and I, get, I want one of them long-term haircuts. What are you talking about? Well, I don't want you to cut it to where i got to come back next week. Let's make this one last at least a month. No hope. I'm going back. I'm going back. <laughs> I hate it when preachers do this. This is one of my pet peeves, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, everybody Okay. <laughs> Don't hold back. The devil's going to try to shut us down. Walk on. The devil's going to try to trap us. Walk on. The enemy's going to try to take our voice away from us. Preach on. Sing on. Plow on. Preach.
saints for the glory of God. Worship, don't hold back. Amen. I feel impressed to God to say this. There's somebody in here, and I'm not a prophet, but I guarantee you we're humans. So it ain't because I feel I got super spiritual discernment and I can look right through you. But come on up in here, Mama, Dad, just for a minute. You may have done something or said something, and your children think they can control you. Well, if you got sideways about something, go to them. I've had to apologize to my children before. Don't be too full of pride to where you can't say I'm sorry to you babies. After that, don't you let them manipulate you and remind you of every mistake you've ever made. Tell them this is, this is exactly what you need to do. Look at them and this is how you, this ain't in the Bible. This is what Chris Simpson called the other night, Second Opinions chapter. No, this is Second Opinions chapter 1 verse 1. Look at your children and tell them, shut your fat mouth. I'm the daddy. I'm the mama. I'm talking. You listening. And while you're being quiet, go outside and break me off a hickory big enough to really do some damage to your rear end. Amen. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. I'm getting ahead of myself. Don't hold back. You know, this is one of those churches. I'm mean, serious. Right now, for me and my small part in, in the ministry of the White Graves Baptist Church, if there's anything I can do, that I want to. But it seems like the last several years, and it may be you young families, and God just gives me a heart, but it seems like every time I come, I'm going to preach on the home some way, fashion, shape, or form. Hey, don't you hold back in your parenting. Give it all you got. Somebody, one of the ladies at the wedding yesterday, when Emily and Jacob was getting married, one of the ladies had some wisdom about them. You know what they said? They said, you know what these parents are doing today? They're shooting their arrows. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. Them little children, as arrows. You don't shoot them too early and you don't shoot them too late. You shoot them right on time. And I would rather, I would rather aim high and miss it every time as I would to shoot low and hit it every time. Amen. Hey, don't hold back. Well, there you go. That's what, there's message number 50 right there tonight. Don't hold back when the enemy tries to trap us in our words. Don't hold back when it comes to teaching and taught you publicly. It's what the Bible said. Don't hold back in Bible doctrine. These, there are doctrines that are under attack and have been for years and they're under attack by men that call themselves independent Baptists and they ought to change their names. Uh, somebody got mad at one preacher for taking Baptist off his side. I said it's about time he did. I'm tired of having to identify with him. Amen. <laughs> that felt good. Amen. The doctrine of repentance. The doctrine of conviction. The doctrine of the Word of God, all these, the doctrine of our precious prophecy in the Bible is under attack, and we do not need to hold back. Uh, here, here's how it ought to go. If Pastor Will Allen said next Sunday night, every well abled bodied man is going to get in this pulpit 
And every one of you is going to, without the internet, without any commentaries, I want you to pray, get you a, get you a concordance, and I want you to take about five or ten minutes of peace. And I want you to expound the doctrine of repentance to the church. If there's ten of you that done it, won't not let you listen to each other. Nine stay outside while one comes in, right after the other. And you know what ought to happen? We all ought to have the same thing to say on the subject. Am I right? I'm going to tell you right now, I believe you get a man saved by the grace of God, you give him bread and water enough to live for six months, give him a King James Bible and a concordance, I believe he'll come out of there being a Baptist. I believe he'll believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe, thank God, he'll believe in the doctrine of repentance and he'll believe in the doctrine of conviction. Don't hold back in what we teach. Don't hold back in our doctrine. Oh, I got a list of doctrines. It is, I wrote this down. And if you don't agree with it, I want you to tell me. I, I really do. It is impossible to scripturally love Jesus and hate his doctrine. Doctrine divides. Doctrine conquers. Doctrine is of the Word of God. I, I don't know. Y'all have these preachers down here like we do back home in North Carolina. They'll get us. Well, I ain't going to preach no doctrine today. I'm just going to preach the Word of God. And I'm sitting there saying, well, you can't preach the Word of God without preaching no doctrine house. The word doctrine just simply means teaching. Sound doctrine. Sound teaching. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Amen. Taking the Bible and letting the Bible define itself and Compliment itself and explain itself. Don't hold back. Boy, I tell you, we need it. And this contemporary movement, oh, they're getting every, and I like to shout when it's right. I like to run the aisles. I like old time worship. I hate dead church services. I can't stand dead church. I went and preached a meeting over North Carolina years ago, and that preacher, he was crazy. I'll tell you who it was, just remind me. I met him one day, and he, he said, Brother John, he said, I don't believe in repentance. I don't believe in conviction. He said, I, I, I'm one of them easy believism kind of guys. I believe a man could be saved and be a reprobate at the same time. I'm sitting there listening to him. I'm looking for a drug test. What kind of, and, uh, and, and then he looks at me and says, now, I pastor a church over here outside of Asheville. I said, okay. He said, um, he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, and the Holy Spirit just told me to have you come preach for me. I looked at him, I said, Hoss, everything you just said you ain't, I am. I believe in repentance. I believe in conviction. I believe Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, buddy. I don't believe in this easy prayerism like you just told me you did. He said, well, God must want you to come for a reason. I said, I guess so. I didn't tell him this, but the pastor probably needed to get saved. So I went over there and I preached on every bit of it. When I got done, somebody asked me how it was. I said, I'm going to be honest with you. That was the best dead service I've ever been in in my life. It was. It was dead. Don't hold back in our doctrine. We have got to teach, teach your children truth.
Teach them. Every, everybody in this building that has been saved at least five years ought to be able to get up without notice and teach a Sunday school class. We ought to be that fresh in our Bibles. Well, I'm going to close her out. Don't hold back in our teaching. Don't hold back in our testifying. Verse 21, but then verse 20, the Bible said, and this is my last point, and he said, I taught you publicly, that's the teaching, and from house to house. Let's don't hold back in our travels. What do you mean? I'm not, do I need to get a bus and go on the road and have a bit of traveling and singing group? Absolutely not. Does that mean we need to start going on more vacations? Absolutely not. I use the word travels for alliteration's sake. We can junk the alliteration for a minute. Don't hold back when it comes to your door-to-door visitation time. Don't, oh, we all do it. How many times you went out there on the street, and, buddy, you got them butterflies in your stomach, and you said, man, I don't know about this. Or how many times you, 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 you have visitation, and I may be the only one that thinks like this. Uh, forgive me. And if it rains, you're relieved. I don't think like it every once in a while, but I have a time or two down through the years, to my shame. Oh, but knock on the door. Every house, I know y'all got churches, good churches around this area, but it don't matter. You go up, pull up in another church member's yard, don't, don't give them, just leave. Say, hey, I go over to such and such church, and it's a sister church, and you know, well, we just, we're out knocking on doors looking for people to tell about Jesus. You just stay with your pastor and stay with your church. We appreciate your time. Yeah. And invite somebody. Every house within 10 miles of this church ought to know personally that White Graves Baptist Church is here. So one of the ladies got under a burden for her road here about seven or eight months ago at the church. Pastor Phillips said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take three Saturdays in a row and we're going to knock on every door on her road. And they've done it. Then somebody said, well, why don't we knock on every door in Hendersonville? In the town, in the county, knock on every bit of it. So they bought a big old map and had that plastic put over, whatever you call that. And uh, what is it? Whatever, I don't know. But, and you can put your marker on it. And we're knocking on them. I don't get to be there as much as I want to church and the pastor they're knocking on them doors buddy me and old brother Britt Gordon went the other week I got to go with him we went out one road we got every every door and it was a short road it wasn't but about three miles and was able to we're doing door hangers we didn't we didn't necessarily knock we're just doing door hangers and uh we uh I, I had to preach somewhere that Sunday so I didn't get to be there but did you know brother Will this is exciting that two people off of that road me and Brother Britt was on, came to church that next morning. One old woman come up in there and she said, well, somebody hung this on my door. I figured that was a sign from God. I needed to come to church. Yes. <laughs> you didn't disagree. No, I didn't disagree with her. It was a sign from God. Well, let me rephrase that. It wasn't a sign from God. It was a word from God. You Pentecostals can have your signs. I'll stick with a word, okay? Do we have any Pentecostals in the building? Don't raise your hand. Amen. Brother Will, we can't hold back. I don't think we need 411 verses yanking somebody's arm or whatever. 
I want to ask the most serious question you will ever be asked in your life. So, Brother Morgan, pray for me. I've never been saved. Would you just lift your hand up and down real fast? Pray for me, preacher. I've never been born again, anybody. 